Did a white retail worker at Macy's call a customer the N-word? That is the excuse that some wannabe rapper is using to justify his brothers beating the sales clerk to a bloody pulp. Here is the incident. Boy. Oh, oh sh- Boy, you do that for? Hey, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I didn't touch you. Don't touch me. I didn't touch don't, you. Quit touching me. Yeah, don't hurt. I'm hurt. Stop moving. I'm sorry, man. I'm hurt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what he's apologizing for because there's no evidence in that video of what the guy who was filming claimed, which is that the sales clerk called the, the shopper the N-word. No evidence of it at all. And I actually bet that he didn't call him the N-word. And my evidence for why I don't think that guy who is denying calling him the N-word called him the N-word is because we call the word the N-word. We treat the word with such terror, such awe. It's like the Israelites using the unspeakable name of God in olden days. I, so I don't think he did it. Even if he did it, would that have justified that beatdown? I'm not so sure about that. Everybody is looking at the last few weeks through the lens of race. I think it is much better explained through the lens of ideology. We will talk about the N-word. We will talk about the M-word. We will say things that the left does not want us to say. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Some people get in trouble for saying that word. Some people get in trouble for being accused of saying that word. Some people say that word. They don't get in trouble at all. Wonder what the difference is. We'll see why and how you don't get in trouble at all. But first, got to thank our friends over at Paint Your Life. Paint Your Life is super duper cool. Having nice artwork on your home, first of all, is essential. It is, it just makes a a house a home. It makes a place so much nicer. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you got to try Paint Your Life, which, which gives you a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at an affordable price, at a really affordable price. You can choose from a team of world-class artists, work with them until every detail is perfect. The user-friendly platform lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. I I love these guys. I used it for my stepbrother for his wedding. The The painting is just unbelievable. I've commissioned another one now. I'll let you know how it turns out. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. You get to work with the artists at every step of the way, see proofs. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, you can get 20% off your painting because you listen to this show. Uh, check it out right now, free shipping. Get this special offer by texting the word Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. That is text Michael to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. And artwork that I strongly, strongly recommend. That Macy's employee was accused of calling that guy the N-word, and he got this awful beat down. No evidence that it actually happened. A white Antifa guy, a Marxist or an anarchist or an anarchist Marxist, actually walked up to a cop, a black cop, and called him the N-word to his face. No consequences whatsoever. I feel sorry for your family. You're a piece of He says he feels sorry for this guy's family. this guy's not looking like he's got his life in order exactly. You're part of the problem. And I hope that your children 
treat you the way you deserve to be treated. Some spewing vile insults at this guy. I'm sure he's on a thousand drugs. I'm What's up? What's up? You got your mask. Use your mask. Stop being a do what's right. Do what's right, guys. Do what's right, guys. Hey, what's up, man? You gonna do what's right, big guy? Right, right. Hey, hey. There it is. There's the word. You're a, you're a, I can't, I guess I can't even say it. You're a B-I-T-C-H-A-S-S N-word. Is that, did I do that right? I don't know what I'm allowed to say, what I'm allowed to spell. It's very confusing these days because it varies person by person. This guy was allowed to say it completely outright to a black guy's face. No problem whatsoever because he's got the right ideology. You see the, the store clerk at Macy's we don't know anything about his ideology or political philosophy. We just know that he's a white guy and we know that he's being accused of doing something. And so he's got to be, he's in Michigan. He's probably one of these terrible racist people who doesn't even live in, in Manhattan. You know, he doesn't even live on the coasts. He's just a no good, deplorable, irredeemable person. But this guy, he looks like he's living in the heart of Chaz, Chaz Chop. And so because he's got the right ideology, he can get away with it. What about Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, now, now it gets a little bit trickier because Jimmy Kimmel is a Hollywood celebrity. He spouts all the politically correct leftist doctrines, so he should get away with it. But maybe he went a little bit too far because we now have shocking, breaking new evidence that Jimmy Kimmel said the N-word. Now, we already know that he's worn blackface, I guess, technically. He's, he's darkened his skin. He's portrayed black celebrities and characters. That is no longer acceptable. But then there's this album that uh, Fox News is reporting as an exclusive breaking news audio, audio gathered by Fox News. It's a, it's a joke album in which Jimmy Kimmel allegedly plays Snoop Dogg and sings the N-word. Bringing gifts and shit for baby boo in the hay. Well, there was danger, in the manger. Word, the evil king was on they ass. They packed they shit and got the fuck out fast. Okay, so you, you get the idea. This is from Kevin and, and Bean. This is an LA radio group, and they put out this album years ago. And the, the key line there is, fat N-word in a sleigh giving gifts away. And you can hear it's very much in the style of Snoop Dogg, especially from that era. This is not some amazing find. This audio has been on YouTube for years. And the thing that I find funny about this is this was run news headline, exclusive footage. Jimmy Kimmel says the N word. And then they include the audio in there, but they bleep out the word. So I have no idea if he actually said it or not. I, I guess I take their word for it that they said it, but that that's the, the kind of care that that's the kind of walking on eggshells that we have around this word, except only for certain people only for certain people. So what is it going to be? Should Jimmy Kimmel be canceled? This is a question that conservatives are debating right now, because I think what we all want to say is you shouldn't be canceled for telling a joke. You shouldn't be canceled for saying a word, no matter how offensive the word is. And we should give comedians a little bit of more leeway. Sure. That's how I feel. Except that's what we've been saying for years. We let the left 
run roughshod over us, run roughshod over our culture, cancel the, every single one of our performers, every one of our speakers, every one of our political commentators, every one of our politicians, we let them all do it. And then we give them a lot of grace and they don't learn the lesson. Okay. The whole the whole way that this works of giving the left grace is if they learn their lesson and realize that we don't want to live in a society where no one can say anything and everyone's got to walk on eggshells and everyone hates each other. But if they don't learn that, if they just keep doing exactly what they're doing, then why would we, why would we hesitate? It seems to me the pros of canceling Jimmy Kimmel outweigh the cons. And I don't, I don't even, I don't care about Jimmy Kimmel. I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel. He is the toast of Hollywood. They have him host all of their awards shows. But I think the pros outweigh the cons. Right now he's on vacation, which seems like an excuse to me. They'll probably wait for this to blow over, but there's a chance that he gets canceled. Showing the left a good example only works if there's a chance they come around. And right now there isn't. Okay. They play for keeps. They are no longer just talking about tearing down Robert E. Lee. They're no longer just even talking about tearing down Jefferson and Washington. They are now talking about smashing churches. We'll get to that in one second. First though, I have got to thank our friends over at Ring. You know, it's very important, especially these days, to feel safe in your home. We are home more than usual these days, and it's hard to keep a close eye on things. More deliveries mean more boxes left unattended, more opportunities for packages to go missing. Plus, you're getting maybe some unexpected visitors. Maybe people who want to do you harm. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. Maybe there's not a difference between those two things. With Ring, you can keep your home safe no matter where you are. Ring is on a mission to make neighborhoods safer. I give Ring out as a housewarming gift to friends of mine, and it, it just gets rave reviews. And the thing I really like about it is you get to feel like you're living in the future, living in the Jetsons, right? You can answer your door from in your home or on a beach or at the office. But uh, what I really like is that it's relatively quite inexpensive. So I feel like I'm giving a really nice gift and it seems great. And uh, I don't have to pay too much money. Get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit right now when you go to ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That includes the Ring Video Doorbell 3 and Chime Pro. It is all you need to start building custom security for your home today. Go to ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, ring.com slash Knowles. Sean King, who was trending yesterday under the phrase talcum X on Twitter. I would never use that phrase, but that's just what he was trending as on Twitter because there are allegations that he is totally white because on his birth certificate, both of his parents are white. Uh, though, though then he has countered and said, actually his father's not the guy in the birth certificate and he's biracial and whatever. That's, uh, I, I don't care to get into that soap opera in particular. What I want to get into is the, the real drama that he's foisted on the country, which is he is now calling on all of his thugs and goons to go smash churches. So look how we've got, it's no longer tear down statues of Confederates because they're traitors to America. Then it became tear down statues of the founding fathers because they're racist and bad and America's terrible. But still we're talking about public property, government property. Now we've gone to go to private churches and smash their windows and tear down their statues. Sean King writes, quote, yes, I think the statues of the white European they claim is Jesus should also come down. They are a form of white supremacy, always have been. In the Bible, when the family of Jesus wanted to hide and blend in, guess where they went? Egypt, not Denmark. Tear them down. Tear them down. Not, I call on churches to remove them. 
Then they would say the churches should remove them. He said, tear them down. You, you tear them down. Yes, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They're a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down. I, I don't know where this idea comes from that Jesus is, is presented most often as some Nordic kind of God, some Scandinavian or something, but it just isn't true. There, it, Jesus is not presented as Thor. At a few churches, maybe in Iceland he is, but uh, everywhere else he is not. He's presented as a Jewish guy, which is what he is. Then there's this other idea on another side that Jesus was actually black or Jesus was actually Arabic or something. Also, not true, and that's why he's not presented that way. Jesus is, I don't know if you read the book, but I'll, here's a spoiler alert, Jesus is a Jew. And when you look at depictions of Jesus, most of the time he looks like that. If you look at, say, the Shroud of Turin, which is a relic that is said to show the, the, the likeness of Christ, de artistic depictions of Christ tend to look a good deal like that. But he wants to set it on fire. He wants to tear down the statues. He wants to smash the windows, Sean King because he doesn't like white people, I guess. He says anything that, if it looks white, tear it down, even if we're talking about the son of God and his mother, the mother of God. This is only going to get more extreme. I don't know what conservatives are waiting for. We think that they're all just joking. We think they're all just kidding. They're not. They're telling us what they want to do, and then they're doing it. They're telling us they want to tear down statues of Robert E. Lee, then they tear down statues of Robert E. Lee. They're telling us they want to tear down statues of George Washington, then they are actually tearing down statues of George Washington. They're going to do it to the churches. They're already doing it. There's, there's actually an image coming out of the Netherlands, of all places, that, that has graffiti tag and paint all over an image, a mosaic of the Virgin Mary, and it says BLM on it. This is going to go on. Is it about race or is it about ideology? Is it about the N-word or is it about the M-word? I think it's the latter. I think it's coming into Marxism. When, when these people tell us what they think, we should believe them. We talked yesterday about how one of the founders of Black Lives Matter came out and said, we are trained Marxists. I, we talked a few weeks ago, I called this, when I said, look at the language on the Black Lives Matter website. This is boilerplate Marxism. Well, now we have another example of this, which is the hashtag cancel rent movement. And you're seeing a lot of, of AstroTurf Twitter accounts popping up and a lot of bots on the internet popping up saying that we need to cancel rent. What does cancel rent mean? It sounds really nice to all of us, right? Because none of us wants to pay our rent. We, we like to have the apartment, but we don't like to pay our rent. What does cancel rent mean? It means cancel private property. Because if you don't pay your rent, then the landlord can't pay his mortgage. If he can't pay his mortgage, he loses the property. And you, you hear explicit calls for this from many prominent left-wingers, including now, and especially perhaps, the leaders of Black Lives Matter. This is what they always do. They give you a slogan that you think that you can agree with and buy into, but that slogan is a gateway to premises that would completely destroy your civilization. So Black Lives Matter, as I've said, nobody disagrees with the phrase Black Lives Matter. That's why everyone posted the square. But Black Lives Matter doesn't mean Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter means Marxism, as the founders of Black Lives Matter actually told us over the past few days. Cancel rent sounds great, right? But it doesn't just mean cancel rent. It means cancel private property, cancel your political rights, cancel your economic rights, destroy your country. 
What is the result of this? We're actually seeing this experiment play out in real time over in Chaz Chop, named by viewers of this show, Soy Malia, the Soviet Union, and Veganzuela, among other things. Well, in, in 48 hours in Chaz Chop, two people were shot. A 19-year-old was fatally shot in the protest area, according to the mainstream media, also known as the anarchist occupied zone. Uh, and then another person was shot and uh, hospitalized in very serious condition. This is going on all over the place. Forget just Chaz Chop, Soimalia, as the most extreme example. Just go to New York, run by Mayor Bill de Blasio, a commie himself. Well, what's going on in de Blasio's New York? Crime is up through the roof. There was a video that circulated yesterday of a bunch of thugs throwing a firecracker at a homeless guy and watching it explode on top of him. Here it is. He's running away. It's a big explosion on a homeless guy. That is, it doesn't look, you know, I know that the mainstream media have tried to accuse white supremacists and the phantom of the Ku Klux Klan for committing these crimes. Doesn't look that way to me. This is what's happening in Bill de Blasio's America. This is what's happening in Chaz Chop America. This is what the left wants to do. Are we going to believe them when they tell us this is going to happen? You can't, you can't blame them for dishonesty. They're telling us what will happen and then they are doing it. What is the goal of all of this? Is the goal of all of this to have racial reconciliation? No, they're using race as a means of affecting their ideological ends. And we've got a Black Lives Matter activist admitting this on television again yesterday on CNN. We'll get to that in one second. First though, I got to thank our friends over at Lightstream. You know, it can feel really, really good to finally pay off your credit cards and start saving money. Get a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. You could save thousands in interest. You can get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Lower than average credit card interest rates of over 19% APR. The rate is so fixed so that it will never go up over the life of the loan. Plus there are absolutely no fees. You can even get your money in your bank account as soon as the day you apply. That's pretty good, especially these days. People love Lightstream. Here's what one customer had to say. Heard a commercial, checked out the consolidation loan. A few hours later, had my approval and funds ready to be transferred. Awesome. Awesome. I agree. Apply today to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S-L-I-G-H-T-S-T-E-S-T-R-E-A-M. Can I spell dot com slash Knowles? That is Lightstream, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash Knowles. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Lightstream.com slash Knowles for more information. The Black Lives Matter founder, Patrice Cullors, she's the one who yesterday admitted that she and her BLM co-founder are trained Marxists. She went on uh, the Jake Tapper show on CNN and admitted what this whole movement that's sprung up right now is really aiming at. Not just these pie in the sky ideas of cancel rent and, you know, overcoming racial oppression or whatever. What is the actual tactical, practical goal here? Well, the goal, of course, is to get Trump out. Um, Hands down, Trump not only needs to not be in office in November, uh, but he should resign now. Um, We, Trump needs to be out of office. He is not fit for office. And so What we are going to push for is a move to get Trump out, while we're also going to continue to push and pressure uh, Vice President Joe Biden around his policies 
and relationship to policing and criminalization. That's going to be important. But our goal is to get Trump out. The goal is to get Trump out. We knew that. I said this weeks ago when everyone was pretending this was about a man being killed in Minnesota or a man being killed in Georgia. And I said, it's not about any of that. It has nothing to do with that. This is about the elections in the immediate moment. This is about getting Trump kicked out in November. And then more broadly, this is an issue with liberalism. But did you hear that at the end? Hear what she said at the end. She goes, we want to get Trump out and then we want to push Joe Biden. There are some people, I've even heard conservatives say this. They say it would be better for America if Joe Biden gets elected. I, I've heard this. Some conservatives think that because they think that, that we're at such a fever pitch right now. Trump has so triggered the libs that the libs are now burning down all the cities. And so maybe we just need to give them, we, we need to give in. We need to give them the presidency, say, okay, we surrender. Please stop burning our cities. Joe Biden, he's nothing, right? Joe Biden is relatively moderate given the present state of the Democratic Party. He's been around forever. We all know him. It'll just be a return to normalcy. Let's just put Joe Biden in there. We'll get moderate progressive governance and then we'll, we'll fight again next time until they start burning our cities again and then we'll cave again. I think that what Patrice Culler has just said here, what BLM is admitting is what you've all got to fear. You don't really have to fear Joe Biden. Joe Biden can't even spell his own name right now. He doesn't know where he is and he happens to be in his own basement. You've got to fear the people who are going to be around Biden. Biden is nothing. I've talked to Democrats about this. They will say Joe Biden is not with it, but the people he puts around him are. Think about how quickly radical ideas have been mainstreamed in the past few weeks. You remember two years ago, President Trump said, if we tear down statues of Lee, they're going to tear down statues of Jefferson and Washington. And everybody laughed at him. And then within two years, it happened. Well, actually, just within a few weeks, we've gone from Lee to Jefferson to Washington to now, now Jesus and Mary. That's how quickly things accelerate. We've gone from laughing at the Green New Deal as a big joke to living the Green New Deal. Basically, transportation was shut down for two and a half months. We were all thrown out of work. We all got huge, massive government bailouts, trillions of dollars. We're living the test run of the Green New Deal. Radical ideas can be mainstreamed very quickly. Do you really not believe that some of the 20-somethings who are going to be working in, in the hypothetical, heaven forfend Joe Biden administration wouldn't agree with these radical proposals? They all would. They, every single one of them would. All these 20-somethings who just, they just graduated from college. They've got degrees in cultural studies, studies of culture, of culture of studies, all leftist indoctrination. They're going to be pushing for the future of the Democratic Party. Don't forget, Tom Perez said that AOC is the future of the Democratic Party. Not Chuck Schumer, not Joe Biden, not any of those guys. AOC. The college Democrats, almost 100% of them support abolishing police departments. This is according to a new study from College Fix. College Fix did a poll of 1,500 college students found near unanimity among college Democrats that they should defund the police. 94% of these college Democrats. I'm not talking about college Antifa. I'm not talking about college Democratic Socialists of America. College Democrats, 94%, consider rioting and looting to be legitimate forms of protest against allegations of racial discrimination and police brutality. That poll was conducted by College Pulse. 
It was taken just over the past few days. Margin of error was plus or minus 3%. And the sample was drawn from an undergraduate pool that includes over 270,000 verified college students, okay, from 900 different colleges and universities in the U.S. Pretty representative sample here. Almost 100% of them support it. Those are the people who are going to be staffing the Joe Biden administration. Now, what is this really about? Defenders of Black Lives Matter, at least the honest ones, will admit that there's this weird Marxist undertone. They talk about abolishing the police. They talk about abolishing the family. They use words like comrade. Their founders admit that they're trained Marxists. They'll admit that, but they'll say, look, this Marxist ideological element, this is just one way to confront the problem of race. I think the reality is the other way around. I think that these Marxist agitators are using race and exploiting race as the tool to push their ideological agenda. I think this is what Marxists have been doing in the United States for over a century. They know that the weak point of America is race. That's the fault line. That's where things begin to crack. And so they just poke that wound. They just put their finger in that as much as they can to cause discord to affect their ideological ends. Actually, a KGB defector, I think now about 30 years ago, a guy named Yuri Bezmenov, uh, he, he talked about this very issue. He came to the United States. He defected out of the Soviet Union. He got out of there by dressing up as a hippie, and he made it to the, I believe he made it to Athens, then went to the U.S. Embassy there, was obviously, went through extensive screening by U.S. intelligence, defected the U.S., and then spilled the beans on what the KGB was doing because he himself was doing it. He said that most of what the KGB did was not espionage. It wasn't James Bond. We all like to think that it was because it's so romantic. But actually, most of what the KGB did was ideological subversion, was just trying to transform the opinions of the American people to turn against their own country. We saw this happening in the 60s and 70s. And now, if, uh, if Mr. Yuri Bezmenov is correct, we're seeing the fruits of that right now. The way he saw it, in the 1980s, the ideological subversion had been largely successful and now constituted a ticking time bomb. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. Now, what he's saying, it seems like this big, wild, crazy secret knowledge, but what he's saying is just obviously correct. It's just common sense. We know that Americans have been demoralized because now even our elected officials are supporting protests of our very own flag. We're tearing down statues of our founders. The country hates itself. 
without question. I mean, you can read it in the New York Times, you can watch it on CNN or ABC. So that demoralization has certainly happened. What was the process of that? It was infiltrating American institutions, most especially the universities, and it takes 15, 20 years, and then it actually happens. We know that that's happened too. We know that there is a lot of Marxist indoctrination that goes on in the universities. If you've ever attended a college class, you've probably experienced it firsthand. So we, we do know that that sort of thing is happening. It makes one wonder if we won the Cold War from a military perspective, but ideologically, perhaps we lost it. There is another school of thought though, which is that this isn't just about Marxism. I mean, obviously these idiots in Chaz and Chop and the BLM people, they are Marxists and they admit that they are, but this is about liberalism itself because, okay, the Marxists are trying to attack and infiltrate. Well, how come the liberals let it happen? Maybe there's something within liberalism that is weak enough that allows for that sort of attack. And when you think about what liberalism really says, it it does seem open to that sort of vulnerability because the premise of liberalism is that we are constantly liberating ourselves from the oppressive past. The the basic idea of liberalism is right there, liberal, liberate, is that the past is bad and the past is oppressive. And only now in modernity have we been able to liberate ourselves from that. And this process doesn't just stop. It actually continues on and on. And that's how you get progressive liberalism. That's even some forms of allegedly conservative liberalism still see that we are constantly liberating ourselves from the bad old past into the good, bright, perhaps utopian future. I actually think it could be a combination of these two things, because by this view, We traditionally think of liberalism and communism and fascism as completely different things. They're all totally opposed to one another. And yet when we talk about communism and fascism, we realize they're not necessarily opposed to one another as two sides of the same coin. They share a lot of the same premises, right? That's why we point out that there, there are so many similarities that the communists had with the fascists and the fascists had with the communists. Maybe liberalism has a little bit of a similarity there too. They're all about overcoming the oppressive past, giving us this new, bright, utopian future. They're all views of the world that prioritize human knowledge, rational knowledge, state power. They're all views of the world that uh, ultimately, I think, tear away our past, tear away our culture, move us toward a, a more utopian kind of ideology. And maybe because of that, they're all fundamentally flawed. Even liberalism, the last of the three great ideologies that was standing after the Cold War, right? We we took care of fascism a long time ago. Then we took care of communism in the 80s. Liberalism was remaining. Well, maybe it's not remaining for very long. And maybe we need to rethink something. I know there are a lot of conservatives who say, we're conservatives because we're liberals. We, well, I think that moment is kind of over. And I think now conservatives need to offer something that is distinct. It's different. It's an alternative. In the words of Phyllis Schlafly, a choice, not an echo. Because right now, this ideology creates a lot of absurdities. Most especially, we just saw a video of a a white liberal Black Lives Matter supporter starting an argument with a Hispanic Trump supporter and then being asked for reparations by the Hispanic Trump supporter. And he he supports reparations, but he won't give the reparations to the Trump supporter. We'll give, we'll get to all of that in one second. First though, I got to thank all of you. We've made it to 78,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel, the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. Let's get it to 100 if you, if you wouldn't mind helping me out. Thank you very much. Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff there, a lot of breakouts, interviews, that sort of stuff. If you are not already a Daily Wire member, you should consider getting a reader's pass. Three bucks a month for your first month though, just 99 cents. 
you get very important articles such as Andrew Klavan's latest, enraged leftists claim Pence's statement, all lives matter is a dog whistle to Christians and their universal love. <laughs> so you get, you get some satire there too. You also get a lot of, you know, in-depth analysis from Ben or from Matt or from me or from other, other people at the website. So head on over dailywire.com slash subscribe. We'll be right back with a lot more. This crazy ideology is creating absurdities. So one of my favorite videos going around the internet from these demonstrations and protests is you have this Hispanic guy who's wearing a t-shirt. that says, God, guns, and Trump. And he's standing there. You know where he stands. Some white liberal guy walks up to him and starts arguing with him. And the Trump supporter flips the tables on the white liberal. I'm a minority. For what? Give me my reparations. For what? Because I've been oppressed. I'm a a minority. Yes, you've been oppressed. You've definitely been oppressed. Give me my rights. You're white. Hey. You're white. Give me my reparations. Hey. Give me my reparations. You have my promise of reparations. What do you want? Wait a minute. I want all your money. And then he just walks away. And then he's trying to come up with an answer to this. Where is it? You want to get? You want? You want me to have reparations? Where are my reparations? The guy's agreeing. The white liberals agreeing. Yes, you do. That's right. I'm fighting for reparations, but I'm not going to give them to you. And then the Hispanic Trump supporter says, "So what are we even talking about?" He just calls him out. He calls out the hypocrisy. Says, okay, you want you want me to have reparations, right? Yes, I want you to have reparations. You think I'm oppressed, right? Yes, I think you're oppressed. Okay, well, do it. <laughs> Put up or shut up. Give me give me my reparations. Well, no, I, I'm not. I don't want to do that. Oh, okay. So, this is all this is all just a game. I mean, I don't think that this white liberal meant to show this point or meant to concede this point. But what he is showing here is that all this racial agitation is simply a political tool. It's a, an exploitative tool to affect their ideological ends. And the ideological ends very often are the exact opposite of what you might hear from the racial agitators. So for instance, in Chaz Chop, in Soimalia, the leftists there have instituted a program of racial segregation. There's an area on a big field where all the black people are on one side, and then there are these white guards who are standing there. And so uh, a guy with a camera shows up and he says, hey, can I go into the black area? And the white guards say, absolutely not. Only the blacks go in there. How long's the uh, blackout going for? Well, 8 p.m. Okay, so I have to wait till 8, basically? Uh, what? You're welcome to like, hang out in the perimeter area. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm half Italian, half Colombian, so do I get a pass to get in there? or? Well, this space is right now held for just black folks. Oh, just black. Okay, yeah. so full black. You're saying? Um, if you have black ancestry, or if you um, if you have experienced oppression because you are black, then you can enter this space. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So this is a ridiculous exchange. Obviously, this guy comes up. He says, "Well, I'm I'm Italian and Colombian. Does that count? How how black am I? Black at all? Can I?" Colombian, I might be a little like Afro-Latino. Am I, we'll get to the question of Afro-Latino in just a second. Can I 
go into the area? And she says, no. And they're explode. Well, you can, if you've experienced the oppression of a black person, I'm reading a book right now by Booker T. Washington, one of the great black Americans in history. It's called Up From Slavery. And he describes all the insane segregationist ideologies that came up when, when, when you had a, a system that was trying to figure out exactly with precision what race someone is. So he said there was a man who went up to get a room at a hotel and they said, you absolutely cannot, you're not allowed to stay here because he looked like a black guy. But then it became clear that this man was actually a Moroccan. So he, he looked like a black guy and I, I guess he's African, right? But because he was a foreigner, he wasn't an American. When they realized this, they were so embarrassed and immediately gave him a room at the hotel. And this man learned not to speak any more English while he was in America. Uh, same thing on a, on a train car once. Booker Washington is there with a Native American man. They look almost the same, hard to distinguish who they are. But they said, no, the Native American can eat here, but the black guy can't eat here. When you try to parse these little differences, it's ridiculous. That's in part why segregation fell apart. It's because of, of how ridiculous the ideology of it had become. The same thing is happening here. We're seeing the same ridiculous ideology on the other side. We're seeing the mirror image. And the, the left is not pushing for a racial integration or a racial equality in any way. It is it is merely an oppression, real or imagined, in many cases, a completely imagined oppression that is just completely flipped, and we should oppose it every step of the way. But the absurdities will abound. I, I wonder if it might collapse under the weight of its own absurdity, probably not before a lot more harm is done. But AOC showed this the other day because AOC is getting a little bit jealous. She's envious that all of the black grievance politics are getting the attention and she's not allowed to participate in those grievance politics. She has, she has now redefined Latinos as black. The first thing that's so important is for us to talk about racism within our community and how we fit both, how we are both impacted by racism in the United States and across the world, but also how it exists within our own communities. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'll hear people say, okay, this is about Black Lives Matter. What about Latinos? And I always say, Latinos are Black. <laughs> we, we are Afro-Latina. And um, we, we run an entire racial spectrum. And so we have to have conversations around colorism. And we have to have conversations about the African and indigenous roots from which we come and how that's reflected in systems of power, wealth inequality, and frankly, our, our political system. Latinos are black. That's the big brain take from AOC. News to me, but well, that's pretty interesting. I also can't let her get away with that pronunciation. Notice what she does. She's speaking perfectly fine English. She grew up in Yorktown. She grew up in a very ritzy town in Westchester County. So she's speaking English like a normal person. She goes, and you know, one thing I always hear about Latinos is that uh, some people say that they're either white or black. But what I want to point out is that Latinos I, 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 are, are black. Why are you pronouncing it that way? Well, I'm Italian, right? I'm of Italian extraction. When I decide where I want to go to dinner some nights, do I say, okay, well, you know, we can either get hamburgers or we can go get, you know, some, some hot dogs, or maybe we can go get Italiano. Yeah, no, I think, I don't know. We, we'll get whatever you want. We can go get a grilled cheese. We'll get a cup of soup or maybe we'll go eat some Italiano food. Uh, no, I don't do that. I say Italian food. I don't say, oh, okay, I'm, I want to go. Maybe I'll have some escargot tonight. Let's go eat Francais. Hey, Francais. Francais would be very good. No, I speak English the way that English people talk. 
Same thing with Latino. I mean, the, the word Latino, really what we're talking about is the word Hispanic. That was, now it's politically, I guess, politically incorrect to say Hispanic. So you have to say Latino, but, but the pronunciation of it is, is a ridiculous performance of this kind of racial grievance politics. And I think you're going to see pushback. I think actually AOC is probably going to have to apologize for this because there is a little bit of a, a debate right now going on on the left between the intersectional woke people who say that every racial and sexual minority has to, com- kind of religious minority, they all have to combine together and put away their differences for a second to stop the oppressive straight white Christian male who thinks he's a man. And so they'll all get together in Kumbaya. And then there's this, this kind of older, more Marxist form, which you're seeing in Black Lives Matter, which basically says, no, Hispanics are not black. Colombians are not black. Asians are not black. The black experience is a unique experience. And we are going to be a, a sort of monolithic unit. We're going to see that debate. AOC is pretty adept at navigating the waters of left-wing culture. So I don't, I don't think she's going to have to to deal with this, you know, necessarily straightforwardly, you know, in a, in a direct way, but she may have to apologize. She may have to, to ease her way around it, which will be difficult with her time because she's now being encouraged to run for Senate against Chuck Schumer. I hope this happens. There's been chatter about this in New York circles for a while. Chuck Schumer, democratic leader in the Senate and AOC, this freshman congressman. But don't forget, AOC ousted a big power player in the Democratic Party, Joe Crowley. That was how she got in in the first place. And so it's not far-fetched. One thing the era of Trump has certainly taught us is never say never. Things like this can happen. And actually, speaking of Trump, Trump himself is encouraging AOC to run for Senate. Trump endorsed her and said, actually, AOC in the Senate would be a big improvement and she would win. So he's, he's just doing this to needle Chuck Schumer, but it's a pretty funny point. A Bernie Sanders advisor, David Sirota is saying, just going to say something out loud that should be obvious. The fastest way to speed up the process of changing the corrupt, do nothing status quo, protecting culture of the national democratic party is for AOC to defeat Chuck Schumer in a democratic primary in 2022. I want to focus in on that key word here, speed up, speed up the process. That is what we're seeing happening. We're seeing a process of cultural decay speed up. And so you'll have the race hustling, which has been building for decades now on the left. That is speeding up in a way that I don't think any of us would have expected. Don't forget, what was it, 12, 13, 14 years ago? We had more or less racial harmony in America. I think racial tensions were as low as they've ever been. And then 12 years ago, we elected a black president and people were eager to elect a black president because they wanted to show that America was beyond its race problem. Then you know what they did four years later after his disastrous first term? They reelected him. They reelected him just to prove that America's passed its race problem. Barack Obama, perhaps the worst president in American history. And there have been some duds, but Obama might be the worst. Still gets reelected largely to make this important point that America has passed its race problem. And now, what, eight, eight years later, we seem to be in worse racial issues than before. The left is pushing that. They're pushing that just like the Soviets pushed it when the Soviets were around, just like our adversaries around the world are pushing it today. They know that that is a, a weak point and they want to advance their own ideological agenda. We're seeing the tearing down of statues 
accelerating, increase day by day. We went from Lee to Jesus very quickly. We had a couple saints and a couple founding fathers in the, in the, in the middle of that as well. Things are happening very quickly. And I think it's why we need to take this leftist ideology to its logical conclusion. It's why we don't necessarily need to defend Jimmy Kimmel. It's why we don't necessarily need to defend liberalism. Say I'm a conservative because I'm a liberal. We need to offer an alternative, something that actually conserves our American culture, our solidarity among Americans of all different stripes, our love of our country, our love of our history. Trump began his, his presidency by saying, everyone bleeds the same blood of patriots, right? The, the racial differences are superficial. Our love of country is what will bind us together. And what did the left immediately go for? The American flag, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. They said, okay, if, if you're not going to allow us to be divided on race, we'll, we'll go right to the heart of America and divide ourselves. We, we need, we as conservatives need to offer something that tells us why we need to conserve our country, our traditions, our history, our culture, our people, our, our solidarity as countrymen. If we can't offer that, if all we can offer is progressivism light, if all we can offer, when the left says America's rotten to the core, if all we can offer is America's not that bad, if all we can offer when, when the left says tear down statues of Jesus and George Washington is no, just tear down Robert E. Lee. If that's all we can offer, that is a weak sauce that is doomed to failure. We need an alternative, a choice, not an echo. We're going to have to use our words very carefully. We're going to have to choose our tactics very carefully. And we're going to have to be in for a, a bumpy road because at the, at the rate that things are going, very likely the only way out is through. All right, that's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listener.